You're, it's me, Good Looking Lee. This is the Date Me Later podcast. Today I got a special guest. Uh, introduce yourself. My name is Kai, a.k.a. Kai Diablo on Twitter. Okay, cool. I like that. I like <laughs> that you did that. Oh, I messed up, though. You got to say it again because I was supposed to give you your proper introduction. <laughs> that was my fault. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. What's your name? Kai. Kai. All right, cool. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Got to make sure you feel welcome. Got you. Appreciate uh, so, that. Kai, how was your week? Pretty good, pretty good. So yeah? Pretty busy, but just working. Okay. You know, I appreciate you coming here. Of course, uh, of course. You know, I was about to recap my week, but I don't really remember it, so let's just move on. <laughs> no, I feel like i just been working, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember <laughs> nothing else. But I did bring you here to explore uh, trans issues, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm yeah, that's, down for that. Yeah, so I felt right. like, you know, that was a conversation that needed to be had. Mm. I actually wanted to play cards with you, but let me tell you, <laughs> I forgot the cards in my house, right? Yeah. So I got here early, then I went to Dwayne Reed, and I was like, let me just buy some cards. The the cars was was eight dollars and it's not oh, no. much, but nah. No, no, you, no. <laughs> I was like, I really want to play cards, but not for eight dollars. When I had three packs in the crib, so I was like, nah, it just wasn't time. Not today. No, not today. The, Another yeah, time we play cards. Exactly, because I was like, eight dollars. I mean, I like them. Man. But some cards now. Son. Prices. And then they had the nerve. They wasn't even the regular size ones. They was mini. No. Nah. Like, I've like, <laughs> never even seen a fucking mini card. Yo. That shit had me tight. So I was like, nah, not today. No, no, no. I wouldn't have wanted you to pay $8 for some mini cards. That's why you Maybe want me. big jumbo Uno or something. That's what I'm saying. But I'm extra. like, mini? No, nah, I'm okay. It was right. like, it was travel size. I was like, nah, I'm good. I ain't even traveling. Nah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, another but it is exactly. We could do this. We could set it up another time, you know. But um, I did want you to first, you know, explain uh pronouns okay. to my audience. Okay. Um. Well, for myself personally, I use he him pronouns. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, that's for okay. myself. Okay. So now, <clears throat> the the people around you, you know, mm -hmm. what I'm saying the people closest to you, mm -hmm. was was that was that hard on anybody? Um, yeah, it's actually still kind of difficult for people, actually. Um, do you I, get, like, an attitude when people fuck up? I've been cursed out for fucking up. Yeah, I mean, like, I do get an attitude. Okay. Um, kind of give some background real quick. I've been transitioning for about three years, um, mm -hmm. uh, in November, actually. And, um, from Jump, it's always been, like, I think people, I think specifically, like, cisgender people, make it a bigger deal than it is um mm -hmm. my family three years in um they still fuck up uh like my my dad i just went to ohio like uh like a week and a half ago and being out ever since i moved to new york i'm around affirming people i'm around a bunch of like queer and trans people all the time so like my pronouns don't get fucked up so going back home and hearing like my dad and my nanny who i love dearly um, just accidentally, you know, misgender me mm -hmm. and go back and fix it or my aunt just misgendering or calling me Kai because she just absolutely cannot grasp he, him pronouns. It was very overwhelming for me. It was a living in Ohio. I was used to it. So okay. it was different. Moving out here and going back to it. I got away from all that. So it was very overwhelming for me. So they do still mess it up. I feel like they always go mess it up, to be honest with you. Um but yeah, I mean, pretty much pronouns. It's it's not too difficult. If you try, if you try, you can make an effort to at least be more aware of your when you're speaking. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, yeah, I can respect that. I've mm. I've been I've been like, not, I said cursed out, and it was like I did get cursed out, but it was mm. more than just the misgendering. It was like. Mm. I'm just fucking sick of you. Oh yeah, it was and layers it was like, on that. Damn, what I do? <laughs> yeah. And then it was that. So yeah. I, that I can get. But like, yeah. walk me, walk me through it. Like when? Okay. What? When did you know that? Like, was it a feeling of like, okay, this is not the right body? Like, how, I don't know how to explain this. Please. For me, my personal journey, uh, honestly, started when for not not for a lot of people, but for me, it started when I was two. I remember specifically. I used to uh, like when I was two. I was walking around, I would always call myself a boy, and I was, um, my dad always, like, dressed me in more masculine clothes and, like, my backwards hats and just like him, right? So, and that's always how I kind of felt, like, my coming into, you know, 
myself with the masculinity or dressing how I do, I started that too. Like my dad started me on that. Okay. So I was always walking around calling myself a boy, this, that, and the third. And my family was more so, oh, like it's just a phase, yada, yada. As I got older, I think about maybe like nine, ten, when you, you know, I started developing in different ways than my, my closest brother. And I was like, why? Am I getting different things that you're not? And we're talking right. like my brother's only it's only a five year difference. So he's telling me things about like him and his body and just like weird stuff like what the hell? And I'm telling him stuff. And I'm like, wait, we don't have the same stories. Like we're not <laughs> saying the same things. We're not worried about the same things. Our bodies are changing in different ways. And I couldn't figure out for life of me why, because I was just dead set on I'm a boy. But everyone around me kept saying, no, you're a girl, you're a girl. It's just a phase, it's not a third. So from a super young age, I always knew that it was something a little different about how I identified. But it's like the world was telling me how to identify. So, Okay. Um, I was, ended- was it anything like specific? Like was it just a feeling that yeah, you was just me, like, no, nah, I'm a boy? It was definitely like... It, I think it wasn't even, I can't even describe it. Like, it was less of a feeling of, like, I'm a boy. It was more so, like, I know I'm a boy. Okay. But the feelings I were having was more so, like, I was second-guessing myself because uh-huh. of everyone around me. If no one had made me second-guess myself, I would have just, you know, I wasn't, you know, thinking anything different. I just knew that I was a boy. You know what okay. I mean? It was just, like, me knowing. And then your body started getting in the way. Um, and then that was different. Now I'm just like, well, what the hell is going on? And then that, on top of, like, my family and everyone saying it was a phase and stuff, made me second-guess myself. So then I, um, in high school, freshman year, came out as bi. Sophomore year, I just went straight to, like, masculine lesbian. Never felt comfortable, but I was like, oh, masculine, this and the third. Mm-hmm. And, um, Wait, I, before we get further, right? Yeah. So now when you came out, as bisexual, yeah. was was it kind of to appease other people or were you really dead stuck in the middle confused? I think I was stuck in the middle because okay. at that time I was getting into like, I never really explored sexuality. I've always been um, focused on figuring out like this gender shit from a young age okay. because of everyone telling me who I was or who they thought I was, right? So sexuality never came into play for me until high school. So when high school hit and everyone's talking about who they like and who they don't like, I was like, well, I like girls. Right. Guys are cool. Um, I didn't know anything about, like, non-binary folks, so it was very binary for me. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe bi works. But um, soft- That's crazy. I didn't know nothing <laughs> about non-binary folks neither. See, I didn't know nothing about trans folks in high school. Me neither, I'll you. be honest. And sitting here, I was one. Mm-hmm. So, but um, sophomore year, the people around me, the the lesbians the studs they were super toxic in their masculinity so that was rubbing off on me like well okay i present a certain way and i guess for people to take me seriously i have to be more macho and then somehow i ended up just being like oh i'm just a lesbian would never date dudes just real toxic in my thinking um and that was like sophomore year from then on, like, everyone was just like, oh, see, your phase went away. This masculine, you were just, like, a little extra masculine, a little extra rough, like a tomboy. And I stopped thinking about, like, this gender stuff um, for the rest of high school, actually. No, senior year, I had a friend. Um, I can't remember if his name is Jordan or Taylor now. He fluctuated between um, both. Okay. But uh, he was the first trans guy that I actually knew in person. This white trans dude, real cool dude, he started testosterone senior year of high school. And I remember watching him go through his whole journey and at first not taking him seriously and then getting to know him and be like, yo, what is this? But it was different because he was a white trans guy. And I'm just like, well, I don't really take a lot of things like seriously. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And I watched him go through his name change. And when we graduated, he fought so hard to make sure that his diploma and his robes were the color and the, and the name that, he, you know, is him. And I just didn't understand it because I was like, well, I mean, I guess, you know what I mean? It was really just like, <laughs> I guess, you know, I didn't really care enough. But I'm like, all right, guess that's whatever. And um, I didn't start, you know, going back into uh, figuring out myself until uh, sophomore year of college because Eli, mm-hmm. he was the first person that um, really made, helped me find myself again. I was okay. like, I knew who I was when I was little, 
got real confused and just kind of gave up on everything in the middle. And then I had to refine myself and reconnect with myself. And Eli, watching him start um, his transition, that sparked it. It was like, yo, okay. Like, I think that's that's exactly what I am. Yeah, Eli's a good friend of the show. Shout out to mm-hmm. Eli. Where did you meet Eli? Twitter. Okay. I met Eli on Twitter. I had known of Eli before transitioning. Um, and I think he said that, you know, they knew of me too. But we didn't really connect until after we had both started our transitioning. Mm-hmm. And I even, I told, I tell you all the time that, you know, I look up to E as like a big brother type because he's one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I don't, you know, not to put anybody on the pedestal, but just real talk, he's like one of my mentors because I watched him and he helped start me on my transition without even knowing it. So he did his stuff and about, I want to say three months later, I got started on all of my stuff, the T, um, name change, everything. And our transitions are very different and how we identify is very different. But I found myself through his words and okay. through him, like, you know, finding who, who they are. So I definitely shout out to E for that. Yeah, big ups. Yeah. So <clears throat> so you, you you go through high school, you confuse, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's kind of something that you put in the back of your head. Yeah. So then you see Eli, yeah. and then it's like, okay, <clears throat> I want to do that. Yeah. Now, what what was that dialogue like with your family? Are are both your parents <laughs> in your life? Um, yeah. Okay, so what is what yeah. was that dialogue like with your parents? Okay. Um, well, to start off, um, when I first decided I was living, because I got like I got to tell the story in order for it to make sense. I was living with my ex at the time. And we had been exes when we moved in. So I'm living with my ex. Tell me, tell me, y'all was exes when y'all moved in? Listen, bad decisions. Player. I listen. They say I'm wild. Never again. (laughs) Never again. Okay, but we living together. And I had watched E, you know, go through, like, make some threads and go through, you know, finding who they are. And then I realized, I was like, okay. And I did my own research. I went on YouTube, found a bunch of black trans men and black trans masculine folks. And I think the big difference for me, I needed to see black people. I hear a lot of people say that, too. We don't connect yeah. until we see the black folks that we can look at and connect with, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I told my ex, I was like, yo, I think I'm a trans guy. And Shorty was just wild confused, obviously. But um, she was actually pretty supportive for the most part. Um, I went down and uh, just started doing a lot of research with her. So I was like, well, I have to tell Nan, my grandma, right? Mm-hmm. And we lived across the street from each other at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. So and I walked across the street, sat down. It was like 11 p.m. And I was like, Nan, I got to tell you something. And because she's goofy and takes nothing seriously, she was like, are you pregnant? I'm like, I hope not. No. <laughs> and then she goes, all right. Uh, you have to, like, She said something, and I was like, no, that's not it. And then she goes, are you a man? And I was like, well, I didn't expect you just to guess the damn thing, so right. uh, I don't know where to go from here. So I was like, yeah. And then she goes, oh, okay. And she sat down, and we had a talk, and I cried. I don't know why I cried, but I cried. I mean, that's an emotional thing, though. Yeah. And it's scary. How old yeah. were you? Uh, 18. I want to say 18, 19. At 18, 19, even I thought I could face the world, and I yeah. cried. <laughs> cried like, nah, the yeah. world is mean. Exactly. It happens. But, uh, she was real cool about it. Um, and then to my surprise, she told me that she had been, um, she had seen a lot of stuff with, like, Caitlyn Jenner, and she had seen, like... Um, Caitlyn was around already when you was 18? Yeah, Caitlyn was Damn, around. Damn, how old are you? 22. Damn. <laughs> right. Damn, you're a baby. I know, right? Yeah, it was, she had seen some stuff with Caitlyn Jenner, and she had obviously known about, like, what's his name, uh, Bono and um, Cher's son. I was about to say Bono's a trans Yeah, see, <laughs> yes, Bono's yes, a trans yes. guy, too. Cher's, Cher's son. Yeah. Yes, I, I and, don't even um, know his name, but I do remember that. Chaz list. Bono. Yes. Yeah. So, and she said that um, she had been doing, like, little research. As much like, she watches all types of ETV and all this stuff. So she was just trying to get an understanding of trans folks before she even knew I was going to look her in her face and say, yes, I'm a man. Right. So she was like, okay, well, that's just the most coincidental thing in the world, but... Um, she asked me what was my next steps, and I was like, "Well, I don't know. I want to start testosterone. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I because I never liked how I looked in the, like some people like how they look in the mirror when they transition, and that has nothing to do with why they're transitioning. So I just want to throw that out there. For me, I never liked how I looked in the mirror, and I didn't really like you know certain parts of my body. So I was like, for me, I feel like I need to start testosterone. Okay, and I need to get a name change. Because I always hated my first name. Always. Okay. So I was like, I need to get a name change. already know what the name's going to be. Everyone knew since I was a kid. So I just had to figure out how to go about that. And she said that she would help me as I brought information to her. If I needed help paying for something or just being there, then cool. And um, That's dope. Yeah. First so of all. Shout out to Nan because yeah, she always comes through clutch. Especially when you know I come to her in tears like, I don't know what to do with my life. Um... So I told her, I didn't actually tell, I had made it a pact because my mother and I do not have a good relationship. I told myself, I told Nan, I told everybody, I was not going to tell my mom about my transition until I had started testosterone. I needed to go through all my therapist appointments to get on the testosterone, mm-hmm. start the testosterone. When it was in my body, that first shot, I said, I'll tell my mom. Because if I had talked to her before that, I would not have gone on testosterone. Okay. I would have just completely been discouraged. So um, I didn't tell my mom until after the fact. That was awful, actually. Um, she half supported it at first because she was like, oh, well, I always wanted, you know, more kids. And I always wanted a boy. So I experienced you as a girl. So now I get to experience you as a boy. And I was like, okay, well, I can deal with that. And um, she was real cool. I told her, do not tell anybody because, you know, she wasn't the first person to know. But the way my mom is, you have to tell her that she's the first person to know something. So I'm like, you're the, first per- you're the only person to know. I get in my truck. Don't even get home before I get a call from my nanny that says, uh, your mom's drunk and she's calling everybody to tell everybody that you're a boy. And I was like, okay. Dang. So I was like, all right. And she's like, doesn't know what to do. And like, my mom makes everything about herself. So she's like, where did I go wrong? This and there. And it's like, oh my God. All right. I couldn't even get home to sit down right. first. So I'm like, okay. Um, and then my mom was upset that I didn't ask her or come to her before starting testosterone so I can get her opinion. Because she also always wants to be involved. And I was like, no, I wasn't going to do that. Um, So that was awful. I didn't tell my dad until, let's see, November. Maybe about five or six months after I had been on testosterone and started transitioning. He came down to Ohio to pick me up, take me back to New York. And I told him that, one, my mom had disowned me. And two... I was trans. So my dad didn't really, I mean, he didn't understand it, but he wasn't surprised. Nobody really was surprised. Um, He was upset that my mom disowned me. (laughs) That was his only concern in that moment was my mother. So my dad has been pretty supportive. He tries. He, I mean, he fucks up my my pronouns. Um, Less often, if I'm in person with him and he's talking to somebody else, sometimes he messes them up. If I'm on the phone or something, he doesn't. But my dad's been supportive in his own ways. Like, uh, I transitioned, and when I finally got to sit down with him, right, I'm in McDonald's. Why did this man decide, while I'm eating my fries, to say, we need to have a talk about consent? I was like, like, wait, what? He's like, I had this talk with your brothers, so I got to have this talk with you. Do you know what consent is? I'm like, Dad, I think we can bypass this whole conversation right here. I think I have this down pat. (laughs) And then he started talking about like, um, like dicks and stuff, and doctor, <laughs> and then what his doctors was telling him at yeah. his appointments. I was like, Dad, you know what? We're gonna cut it short right here. <laughs> I'm good. I thank you for this introduction to my manhood, but right. I can bypass all of this. Um, <laughs> I'm so good and not hungry anymore. You can just have the fries too. <laughs> like, so yeah, my dad's been. I mean, he's pretty chill about it. He gets on my last nerve, uh, mostly because he just misgenders me sometimes, but. Um, he is trying, and I guess he sees me for who I am. Um, Nan has been super supportive throughout, like, surgeries and everything. That's a blessing. That's a real blessing. And my mother, my mother fluctuates, so she's just, you know, my mother. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my story of, like, parents and everything goes. Okay, so have you, have you had, have you had top surgery? Mm Mm-hmm. How how was that? I had top surgery in 2016. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Thank how, how you. How was that? Um, it was great. It okay. was great. Um, I have some scars, but I don't actually. 
as of the last couple months, I stopped caring about my scars. I don't even really notice them anymore. Um, That's beautiful. I mean, you can notice them. But I don't notice them. Um, super grateful. Uh, Nan was there mm-hmm. for that. Uh, my mom had disowned me six months prior to getting top surgery and refused to give me the money she was going to help me with to get top surgery after telling me to make the top surgery appointment, mind you. Crazy. So the time came, I crowdfunded, shout out to Twitter and everybody that supported too. I raised a, yeah, a couple big thousand. Them. Yeah, I raised a couple thousand, about 2,000 on Twitter um, through GoFundMe. And um, I had some savings at the time and Nan had some savings. So we both, we split the rest of it. And then also paid to drive out um, or have a driver drive us to Cleveland, which was about an hour away from where I was at. So we get to the the hotel, everything, had our nice little dinner. And my mom called me for the first time in six months, drunk as ever, and said my aunt had told her that me and Nan went to Cleveland for the surgery that was happening in the morning and was pissed. Um, and that was the first time that I had heard my mo- from my mother in six months. And she called the night before my surgery. So I was just super, like, she was asking what hospital and stuff. So I gave her some random name because I'm like, I don't want her to just mess up no energy or anything because mm-hmm. I'm already nerve-wracked about this, right? This is a major surgery. And um, Nan was supportive through that. She just kept motivating me and giving me, uh, you know, good words of advice. And I was real calm. I refused to let anything get me down. And uh, my mom still hasn't forgiven Nan for that. Or me, but it's I don't nothing care. to forgive. I mean, right. you know. no, I know, but uh, I don't care. Nan doesn't care, and <laughs> you know right. what I mean. Because somebody was gonna be there with me, and everyone knew I was gonna do it, whether someone was there or not. Right. But um, Nan was there for that. I stayed with her while I healed up. She helped me uh, with everything for like a month, and uh, super grateful to have had that. Okay. Super grateful. Okay, so now, what what has it been like watching? Like for you, watching your body change, like your voice, your, your the surgery, you know. Yeah. You got a full on big coming in. Right. I'm trying. It's trying yeah. to connect now. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> in my heart of hearts, I always said like, I'm I'm not I'm I don't have the I don't have the 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 special thing that I need to actually be like, hey, you know, I want to transition, but mm-hmm. I really want a beard. Your beard is kind of lit. Like, I, don't, I, didn't, I never knew that if it was okay to say that, but like I, yeah. I do. No, yeah, like, that's real. I feel and I have nice hair. I would have a great beard. Like, See, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, damn, this lit. shit about to connect. It's right. Lit. It's, it's trying. What, what to has connect. that been like? It's wild. I think I don't notice a lot until someone points it out. So, okay. like my best friend in back in Ohio, Shay. Uh, shout out to Shay. She would um tell me different things like, yo, your voice is dropping or like you over. I She called me. I answered the phone. And then she's like, who the hell? Who? <laughs> who am I talking to? And uh, like she would always mention about like my facial hair or whatever. Nan mentioned it because she Nan hates facial hair on anybody. So she always goes, I'm going to shave it off when you sleep. <laughs> like, no, you're not going to touch this. Um, But it's really affirming because okay. I'll look at I really I'll look at pictures of myself from like. Even a year ago. And I'm like, yo, my facial hair was not doing this a year ago. My voice, yeah. uh, while it had dropped, wasn't like this a year ago. And um, I'm just, I'm grateful. I come more into my body, you know, every day. Mm. And I think it's it's helped me be more patient with myself because a beard is not going to grow overnight. My voice wasn't going to automatically drop. Uh, you know, different things I didn't like about my body, I'm starting to like now. But I had to be patient and give it time you know what i mean so it's more so me listening to my body and me just being like all right just step back out of yourself for a minute you know what i mean and just let it do what it's gonna do so transitioning has helped me be so much more patient with myself and have so much more confidence in who i am is it like a freeing feeling super liberating super freeing okay extremely that's dope yeah, that's, that's one thing I love about being trans. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not one of those trans people that wakes up every day and says, you know what? Thank God I'm trans. I don't do that. You know, in my transition. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> listen, some people yeah. do that. And it's amazing to me because, you know, if I, if I had the option uh, to be a cis man, well, not with their mindset, but to be like the just the body I would to just with all the bullshit and the money and the time and the tears and the pain that I had to go through and still go through transitioning. But um, I'm thankful 
that I found my transition. I'm thankful I found myself and I wouldn't change anything about that. You know what I mean? And, and what I've learned and how I've been growing, Mm. I'm super thankful for what this transition has taught me. So even if I don't wake up every day, you know, happy to essentially have to go through all this, I am grateful that I'm able to, and, Mm. you know, have the ability to get through each day, you know? So, yeah. So what about like, Bottom surgery. Are you thinking about it? Have you done it? I was supposed to have. I had a hysterectomy in September because okay. I was supposed to have bottom surgery uh, in June. Actually, I was supposed okay. to have uh, the full, like a full phalloplasty done in June. Um, then I I realized that I wasn't being affirmed. And I wasn't affirming myself, and that was what was causing most of my dysphoria around, like, bottom, like, my bottom half. So after I started being more affirmed and being around, you know, more trans folks and, you know, uh, like, having a partner that was affirming me sexually and even not sexually, just on a day-to-day basis, um, I was fine. I realized, like, I don't have the money to take all these months off of surgery, like Mm -hmm. six months, three, six months off surgery at least, I mean, out of work um, to recover from surgery Six months? Yeah. What? Damn. It's usually about three months, but you, one thing about bottom surgery is the my surgery, I was going to have surgery in California with Dr. Chen. And one thing they'll tell you is you go into bottom surgery, not if I have a complication, it's when and what. Wow. So you have to be prepared to take off six months if you need to take extra three so months off. Okay. If you need, some people's out of work for a year, some people's out of work for years. I mean, I don't have the money or time right. or the mental and emotional health to go through that. You know okay. what I mean? And then I was like, what if I get this surgery and it's not, I don't feel how I want to feel? Right. What then? Because now I'm stuck. There's no going back. You know what right, I mean? Right. And I'm like, with all the complications, I'm just like, no, this is giving me too much anxiety. So I told my surgeon at the office, I was like, listen, I have to postpone it because I need more money. I just, I'm not ready right now. I did everything in my consultation, everything. All I had to do was go back in June and I would have had bottom surgery. But I was like, you know what? Right now, I'm good. Okay. So I do want bottom surgery. It is something I want. But um, it was also like... I started coming into myself more with my sexuality and, like, embracing, like, I'm pansexual, so I started embracing... Explain to me what that means, please. (laughs) For me, pansexual, like, I don't have the exact, like, Google definition for you, but to me, pansexual, um, it's... Genitalia does not matter. How, like, you identify doesn't really matter. I mean, of course, there's, like, you know, little things, but it doesn't really matter for the most part. Genitalia doesn't matter. You can identify as non-binary. You can identify as um, a cis man. You can identify as gay or um, bi. I don't really care about all that. I just like people um, and everything else comes second. So with a pansexual, you can date like, well, forget a a pansexual with you. Yeah. You, you. You're open to dating men, women, everybody. Like it doesn't matter. Okay. You're okay. you're a man and you're a trans identified man. Yes. You're okay. a trans identified woman. Yes. Non-binary. Yes. Um, trans folks are always a plus for me, just because that's community. That's you know safe. Right. But um, you know cis people too. Yes. Fine. So let me ask you: Is it wrong for someone who identifies as let's? Is it wrong for a lesbian to say? That they prefer not to date trans women. <laughs> oh, you're going to get... Oh, Twitter about to light up. I know. I know that they are. <laughs> Twitter's going to light me up. All right. I just want to know. Let me see. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we get into these kind of conversations, and I think I had watched E's episode, too. E kind of touched on a lot of this stuff, too. But yeah, he did. I don't did. remember E's and exact I, And words. I told him, I said, yo, come back. Eli's yeah. been supposed to come back. I got to reach out to Eli again because, you know, his schedule, yeah. he's busier than me. Right. So, Always busy. I live yeah. with him. Always See? busy. See? Yeah. <laughs> he, he got a crazy uh, We come schedule. and go. Um, but um, let me see. I'm trying to figure out how to answer this because I've mm. talked about this on Twitter, too. I've talked about this in multiple stages. I talked about it once when I believe that, like, yes, 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 everything is 
like automatically transphobic. So I talked about it when I thought that. And then <laughs> yeah. I talked about it when I had more conversations with people and trans folks in my life specifically and talked about with cis folks in my life. Um, Wait, but can I ask you something before you get to your answer? Yeah. Now, if <clears throat> now for somebody to say, hey, you know, just because I have a preference, why would that make me transphobic? Like, can you explain that to me? Like, like let's say me. Mm-hmm. I have, I have preferences. Right. But it, does that make me any kind of phobic because I, uh, of my preferences? Especially if it's not like, like I'm not going about it in a disrespectful way or like I don't even voice that. It's just like mm. I like certain things. Right. To me, and um, this is a good conversation, honestly. To me, it you're... It's like your intentions, your mindset. What is behind that? Like, if and then it comes down to really. Um, I know you've heard this before from mm-hmm. me. It comes down to like it's not even that you have a preference of cis folks versus trans folks. It's that you might have a genitalia preference, right? Yeah. You might just not. Maybe you're not into penises. That just right. might not be your thing. And that's valid. Oh, yeah. I could definitely be personal about it. I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. not into penises. And, you know, a lot of people's not. You know, I, was, I didn't, wasn't open to penises in general from anybody. I don't care how you identified. And then I had to become open with that. So not everyone comes open with that. I had to. but um, Or I wanted to. Um, but, I mean, that's valid. And when we have these conversations, especially on Twitter... With the 240 characters and everybody's fucking wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, you're not going to have the discussions where we always talk about there's nuance. We always talk about there's a gray area. But I noticed that a lot of times people don't people don't remember that when you start getting real emotional. about it, And it is an emotional thing to talk about because of what trans people face and the discriminations and the things like this with preferences being one of those things that, you know, tie into how we're treated and it's valid. So everyone, that's the thing too. E says this a lot, like there can be multiple truths. So everyone's feelings can be very valid in this situation. There's multiple truths to me personally. Um, I don't believe that saying, like, okay, I just don't want to date trans people. Like, I don't believe that. The way that's said does not come off as anything except for, like, ignorant in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not bigoted, ignorant in some way, shape, or form. Because you're just automatically saying no to a whole group of people. Now, this group of people, some people's pre-op, some people's post-op. Some people are trans and they identify out of a binary, so like non-binary, gender fluid. So you're just eliminating an entire group of people right? automatically. Just no. I think that is when you start getting to, let's unpack that. Like, let, what is okay. what's here? You know okay. what I mean? So, yeah. so yeah. When, when straight people say, hey, I, I'm, I'm not like against trans people. Mm. I just don't want to date them. That's, I can see <clears throat> now, okay. Okay, there is, like, I knew, I always knew there was an ignorance there, mm-hmm. but I know people personally, mm-hmm. and I think because I know people personally, I never really was able to say, hey, well, well, that's, that's a dickhead thing to say. Yeah, it is. Because it's like, thing. I know, I know this person, like, I know mm-hmm. that you don't mean exactly any kind of malice, you just have a preference. And then that's why I asked about lesbians, because mm-hmm. I've always been asked that, well, no, mm-hmm. not always. As of recent, with the show picking up and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's big in the queer community, I've been asked and I'm just like, well, I mean, by preference, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, but I've also never had to be faced with that. Yeah. So for me personally, it was always like, uh, I don't know if I can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> that's valid too. When yeah. you step out and of it, be yeah, like, you know I'll just be like, <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that. But then I had started thinking about it because I know lesbians who are like masculine mm-hmm. and from what we've spoken about, it's like, hey, I don't mean any harm. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't date a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, damn, like, oh, I want to ask somebody. Right. But I don't want people to say, hey, well, Lee, you're a bastard right. for no. feeling that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel it. Like, it's it's valid. Like, that's why it's, it's more so it's less of like a yes, no answer right it's more right. Of like you gotta break it it's you we have to have conversations and a lot of people don't want to have a conversation they just want to say yes or no and they want to leave it at you know 
that. Like, was this transphobic? Yes. Was this transphobic? No. And you don't break anything down beyond that because maybe something wasn't inherently transphobic. That's another thing. Maybe it wasn't inherently meant to even be transphobic. But there's layers. And then that's why the conversations are necessary. Like when people tell me that I have a conversation with them so that they can hear how they're sounding to a trans person. And a lot of times they're like, yo, because they're thinking of trans people in one way. You know, that trans men have certain genitalia, trans women have certain genitalia, this, that, and the third. And I'm just like, no. And even if so, then you're basing it. You're telling me right now you're, it's a genital preference. It's not even us being trans. That's the issue. It's just a genital preference. Okay. So now let's say me. Me personally, yeah. I have a genital preference. Yes. Would I be wrong? Am I? Am I? Do I have a phobia? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't prefer to... Date a post-op trans woman is is that like post-op as in, well? No, so I'm sorry, pre-op. I'm pre-op? sorry, I, I fucked up. No, you good. Yeah, That's why I, I'm asking. pre-op. I wouldn't want like any like I'm yeah. cool. I'm cool. Right. I'm good. I don't. I'm down. If you my me, you my me. Even if you're not, you need that support. Right. I just wouldn't prefer to date a pre-op yeah, trans girl like is that foul because now like now i'm having these conversations a lot mm-hmm. more often and i'm just like i don't even know how i feel anymore I because of my affiliation for me it boils down to this if you are not com- it's not that you're not comfortable with a trans person right that's, oh hell no see that's the, no. and this is where i, I like, like trans people you're exactly decide- when i have these conversations i always break it down in little pieces because we got to right. make sure yeah. we're on the same page so you know what though trans people and i i never i said it once but then i kind of deleted no i did delete the tweet because i don't <laughs> want nobody to take it wrong yeah i think personally that trans men have some of the best bodies i've ever seen like i would mm-hmm. love to work out like i would love if eli was to text me and be like hey you want to go to the gym mm-hmm. hell yeah you about to get me <laughs> right like word i like trans people they're they're word. like the way that their ethic the work ethic is yeah. because you have to go harder yeah and and it's not right that you have to go harder let's be exactly. very clear it's not right exactly it's something i just we're, think like, the to... grace in it is just yeah so admirable that's yeah. me no I hear, I hear that though i hear that a lot but um see Okay, I think when also when we have these conversations, I like when people, it makes me uncomfortable when people, especially um, because if you have more of like a genital preference, it's like, all right, dicks of any kind, like, you know, human dicks of any kind just really is just. It's not comfortable exactly. for Exactly. The and only dick I like is the one that I put on. Yeah. And that's I think, it. And then with those two, it's like, we have, you know, you have more control over that dick that you can put on. Exactly. And there's different layers to that. So forcing someone to have to, um, you know, engage in a way that they're not comfortable, not because of a phobia, just because maybe it's something. I don't know people's traumas. I right. don't know why you don't like a certain genitalia of something, and I'm not going to ask. I don't, right. that's personal. And maybe people don't even realize. That's a lot of unpackaging shit that no one has to really put on the table. So it's like I can't force, I'm not going to force anybody to like or you know, be with anything that makes them uncomfortable because that's not... When you get into, like, ethic, ethically, what the fuck am I? Like, who am I to force mm-hmm. you? You know what I mean? So you have to be uncomfortable dealing in a certain way um, with a certain thing that just really makes you, like, I don't like that from anybody, mm-hmm. not just you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know lots of, like, lesbians who don't or would not date a pre-op trans woman but would, you know, date post-op trans women mm-hmm. because of the genital pre- genitalia preference. And I think when we have these conversations... More so than people saying like, oh, I'm not going to date trans women. I would never. That's a whole, that reads as something completely different than saying I would be open to dating, you know, trans women pre-op. I mean, post-op. Because yeah, of a, see, because now that you say that, it's a huge difference. That, that's yes. a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's a difference. And the people that I've come into spaces and have those kind of conversations with, I think maybe they don't know mm-hmm. that. There's just so many layers to even... And they even don't have the language. Ha- yeah. Yeah. See, it's different now because yeah. I automatically thought when every time the conversation has come up to me, I automatically thought, okay, I can't really be articulate about my preference because it's not right. And I don't want anybody to feel like I have a phobia towards them, especially mm-hmm. like anybody that's included in the queer community because right. I 
I don't. I, I'm a part of the queer community. I really don't. Right. Honestly, if we're being super honest, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, I don't even care. Right. Like, I don't no, care I don't what you choose to label yourself, what what you choose to enjoy in your... Like, I just don't care exactly. because I'm busy. I start caring when other people think they take what you prefer mm-hmm. and make it something that's wrong or mm-hmm. or bad or or that should shouldn't be legal mm-hmm. that's when i start to care all of this other shit i right. don't give a fuck about right. it. but i was always kind of shy about voicing that mm-hmm. because everything is like yo you hate trans people and mm-hmm. and you're a bad person and that's like i know my heart yeah. and i know my intentions yeah. and that's never the case yeah. so i wanted to ask but it in when i first Proposed the question I wanted to keep it As far away from being personal Yeah But then it's just like You have to get personal Yeah I mean and The thing is too A lot of people get scared To make things personal Because then it's just like Now Someone Like Twitter's gonna rile up And personally attack me for Because I personally like, But I feel like They gonna get we, my ass too <laughs> They gonna get my ass Probably too It's fine yeah. But like I think It's when we stop Making things personal That we lose a message And I think we don't Fully grasp something Unless we make it personal right. because you you at least for me too i'm not gonna sit here and fully comprehend shit coming out of your mouth or a message from you or whatever i have to relate to it i have to put myself into it just so i can you know take a different look at it right, right. and when having these conversations it's just i used to be that person too especially at the beginning of my transition everything offended me everything i took personally everything if you didn't if you said that you know whatever i would take it personally um and automatically you would be transphobic right right then i start you know listening to some like ogs right and uh i was listening to e talk a lot and i listened to devin and being able to and living with them because i I live with e and devin Mm -hmm. living with them and we have conversations on so many topics that you know, I wish sometimes that we'd just take videos and be able to post this shit on Twitter because this conversations Twitter has and they just just fuck it up. Um, and we have these conversations and it's real. And we talk about different perspectives. And it it's helped me um, grow and myself and how I approach people, especially community, involving these. Instead of me getting my pitchfork out <laughs> and just automatically go on like no rah 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 it's like okay well let's sit down let's talk about it. you know that's something that he says a lot too let's just let's talk about it. let's discuss it you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah, he's big on discussion and i exactly. like that i because, love that i love it because a lot of people once you say something that they don't agree with it, it the discussion can no longer be had yes. and in a lot of ways now that i say that out loud and in a lot of ways in heated discussions, I'm like that, and I don't like it, and I'm right. working on it. But in a lot of ways, when things aren't delivered to me properly, I just shut down, and it's just like go away. That's that's what I was like. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm 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 still coming out of that, mm-hmm. but I think I well I know I can also grasp when certain things just have to be dealt with, whether I agree or not. Mm-hmm. So like this is something that. Whether I agree with what people say or not, I know there's a conversation I have to have. Exactly. And then it also goes back to like even just just identifying as something that's not like what I was born and straight. Right. Like anything outside of that is is not always met with love and, and understanding. Mm-hmm. So I can personally understand that these kind of hard conversations have to be had. Mm-hmm. But I was weary and that's why I was like, I just hope he shows because mm-hmm. at least on the internet, just wanting to know something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've, I've just asked sad. questions. It's it's actually sad. And I've been yeah. one of those people that would immediately you you'd ask a question and I think you asked it You might have asked it wrong. But instead of saying I hey, can, I can definitely admit with I probably love, did. maybe, you know, this wasn't this wasn't the, this wasn't it. <laughs> with right. love, this wasn't it. Um instead of being that person, I'd be more of the like, oh, so you feel and now what a lot of people do too, that you know they they really don't want to hear. They project their feelings and right. what they're thinking onto that. And a lot of times we read stuff. That's why with text messages, with all of this stuff, I'm. Be- if we have to have a serious conversation, Facetime me, call me, sit me down in person because I'm gonna read everything you said wrong. I'm gonna admit that I can't read tone and text. I'm That's awful. me. So on Twitter, I struggle with that a lot too. It's like now, 
are they saying what I think they're saying? Right. Or what are they saying, right? Because what I'm thinking that you're saying, you might be like, no. And when you start to explain yourself, like when people talk about, um, like when lesbians and um, gay folks start talking about dating trans people or not dating trans people, when you say it with words... It comes off completely, completely fucked up, and sometimes they mean for it to come off fucked up. So let's like oh, yeah, I'm not I've erasing those them. Too. There's some people that's yeah. just dickheads. They're transphobic, point blank, period. Yeah, and a lot of them take pride in that. They think it's funny, mm-hmm. but there's people that's genuinely just like no, and like I know that they're genuinely not transphobic. What it is is that they're when they start speaking, I'm like, you know, you said it. You're not even you're not saying it right. But the, what you're saying to me. There's more layers than what you know can be said in those mm-hmm. little characters, right? Um, and that's why I like to talk. I like to have the conversations. And some people don't have the capacity. I don't always have the capacity to have a conversation. But if I can tell someone genuinely wants to 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 unlearn something, to unpack something, to talk about it, I mean, I've helped people, you know, change so many mindsets just by like, yo, just hit me up. I'll give you my number. Mm -hmm. We can talk about it. I don't even have to like you. There's people that I just do not like on Twitter at all, period, (laughs) that don't like me. And if they want to sit down and be like, yo, can I unpack something? Can we talk about something? You can hit me up. I will give you my personal number. I still don't like your ass, but we're community. (laughs) I don't have to I don't have to hug you. Or be caked up with you, but we're right. community. And when we start talking and getting into like a bigger picture of like some revolutionary shit and dismantling systems and all that, where we gotta have community. Right. So you know, there's it takes the you're taking individual puzzle pieces to put the whole thing together. And I can't start kicking out puzzle pieces because they might be like a little chipped up. Right. Some, it, it, but I will also say sometimes a puzzle still looks nice and it doesn't have all the pieces in it. And those pieces that's completely missing are the ones that I personally, I'm just gonna put out there on another part of the table. I ain't gonna put it on the floor. I ain't gonna throw it away. I'm gonna put it on another piece of the table because I swear if I look at that thing, I'm I'm gonna just have a fit, right? And those are the people that I cannot talk to because I can't get through to them. They might not want to be whatever, and maybe it's not gonna take me. Maybe it's gonna take someone else to help fix it, right? right. So I'm gonna put them there. And someone else can come and see if they can work with them, right? Yeah. And that's how I approach these conversations and approach people. And people ask me all the time, like, how are you so patient? Uh, Practice. <laughs> I, I was about to say, don't you just learn to be? Practice. When you want to learn, yes. you can. And that's you have to want to learn. Yeah. Like, I wake up sometimes, and I'm just like, I don't have it in me today. And somebody hit me up, and I'm like, oh. Here I am, you know, talking. Right. But I, I actively work to be patient because sometimes all people need is patience. Yeah, I wish I wish the internet, the internet had a little bit more patience. Because yeah. especially, like, within our community, I've I've gotten a lot of, like, that's dumb, don't say that again. Right. From our community. And, I, and it, in my heart, I'm just like, well, I really just want to know. Right. But then it's just like, all right, cool, well, I just won't say anything. The thing about, like, shutting things down, I also had to learn that, too. Shutting people down doesn't work because all it's going to do they still going to have the question they might not ask it right but they still going to have the question so they could probably ask somebody else or it's still going to be on their mind or the thing that was wrong that they said they don't know why it was wrong because you just shut it down right, right. and now they're going to get defensive i also realize i had to step back if somebody's going to come at me if i ask something and somebody comes at me with all these like fuck yous and you're this that and the third i'm immediately going to be defensive I'm just, I'm not even, there's no way that I'm not going to be defensive if you come at me and all I did was feel like I had just asked a question, right? So I had to realize, but like, Kai, well, you can't do that to other people be, and, and, and wonder why they going to respond to you coming out their neck. Right. It's the way we approach each other. It's, the, it's, it's to have the conversations. Somebody going to have to take the first step. And if I want to have a conversation or want them to unlearn something, I can't come out there with like, fuck you, this, that, and the third. I just can't do that, right? Okay. I have, so now I'll do, um, I'll say something like with love or I'll approach with love because I'm coming from a place of love. If you want to be receptive to that or not, that's on you. But I'm going to reach out. I'm going to try. And if that conversation can't be had between us, then maybe someone else can have it. If not. I'm about to start doing that. With, it helps. Start, yeah. With love. Because really now you're going to really look like a dickhead know. if you respond back to me with foul. And then everyone's like, what you said with love. And it's literally genuinely coming from love. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Internet only sees things, right? Yeah. And they see with love. And then they see all this cussing and all this shit. And I'm just like, well, you know. Right, right. So so if I, if I, if I tell you with love, 
I have a genitalia preference. Mm-hmm. Am I a jerk? To me, not a jerk. Because I don't, and the reason is because I don't know your story. I don't know mm-hmm. your traumas. And that's another thing is people people ignore, like, we talk about our traumas. And, and I don't mean ours are like, trans folks. But I mean, like, when having conversations, we'll talk about our stuff a lot, right? But when other people respond or other people, we don't really think about what might be underneath them, what might mm-hmm. be there. Because your genitalia preference might come from trauma that's deeper than you even realize, something you haven't fully unpacked yet, right? Right. So why would I force you? to um engage and it's not that you're not going to engage or be friends with or cool with or even go on dates with because not everything has to be sexual right yeah people forget that too it's not even that you're not even going to go on dates with maybe you maybe you will date trans women right Mm -hmm. doesn't matter um surgery doesn't matter but sexually maybe you're just like sexually i just i can't and that might be very valid you might not because it's a genitalia thing it's not because she's a trans woman right it's because of, you know, other circumstances the, of the genitalia. Okay. So that's why I say so no, not So can I still be an advocate for trans people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And there's been people, be people that's going to disagree with me, and I don't really care. because This is very true. A lot of people don't think of all of different layers. We talk about nuance, and we talk about gray areas, right? and we don't actually give a damn once it's brought up. We stop caring about gray areas when it's something that we're, you know, we think that we're automatically right or that we know all the truths. And like E says all the time, multiple truths, you know, is very possible. It can be had. So yeah, that's it's not always just one truth. You know, people people have been mm. saying that to me a lot, and in certain situations, I completely agree. Right. Not all I situations, guess- of course. I mean, yeah, but I think I need to be open to the fact that my one truth in certain situations, even the ones where I feel like it's blatant black or white, Mm -hmm. I have to be more open to the fact that my black might not be your black. Right. Because there's certain things I just be like, well, everybody knows that that's black and white. Right. Maybe not everybody. And we only know that through having conversations right? and actually talking about more than just like a surface level, this line, right? You got to talk about it and unpack that and break that down with people. And that's the beauty of it. Like, I love having conversations. I love doing this. I love talking about this stuff because you you learn so much and it opens up my eyes to different things that people like. A year ago, I would not have thought about you might have some trauma and that might be why this down the third or maybe there's something else right mm-hmm. i was only looking at it for like in like i was only looking at it in my lens right but opening up that lens i can see things from different perspectives and i can see like where's your intentions and of course intention versus impact and things like that um and that's why people there's there's multiple truths there's this intention and then there's impact so of course what you say or how it's i think how you say things matters so much and that's one thing I take a step back and I'm super aware about what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people a lot of people aren't. They'll just spew whatever and they don't think about it. So having these conversations, it causes people to step back and really take about like what am I about to say and where is this coming from? Like in what place is this coming from? Right. And we gotta talk. That's the thing. We gotta talk to each other. Yeah, I feel a little better. I feel better. Cause I mean I I'm like cool in the queer community. Like right. especially like like, I'm in the queer community. Right. It's like, I'm from the projects. Like, I'm not right. about to <laughs> tolerate nobody being like, well, people from the projects ain't shit. What? You bugging <laughs> right. out. But, like, I just was always kind of, mm, I kind of just, what is the word? Hesitant? Yes. You're so damn smart. That's what it is. <laughs> I try my best. Yeah. I was yeah. so hesitant when it came to, like, trans issues because it's like, mm-hmm. well, I know that on the inside I have a genitalia preference and I don't want anybody to say well you can't be an advocate because I have mm-hmm. I have trans people around me right you know what I'm saying and I, I never want them to or anybody period like I don't have to like you neither I just don't wish you any harm I want you to be represented properly and right. treated like a fucking person exactly but I just wasn't sure I could I could voice that without I guess being attacked for what I would yeah. prefer for me right 
And right. I mean, I feel better about it now. Now, and, like after this conversation, yeah. I'm gonna fuck with Twitter say. Exactly. You know what? I had to actually stop giving a fuck with Twitter says. Sometimes I just wouldn't say something because, not that I say something like ignorant or something real rude, but sometimes like I don't even want to tweet because I'm just like I don't. I you know it's just there's so much like hostility and anger and you feel that energy yeah. now and I'm just like and there's a lot of shit going on in the world so I mean that's valid too I don't yeah. want to invalidate yeah, it, it is. but it's for me I'm just like damn it just feels like a weight so maybe coming from a lot of our community too though mm-hmm. and that's that's where I get lost and that's why I kind of be like well I gotta step back too because yeah. you sound crazy towards your own community yeah. and that's why sometimes I wouldn't say certain things because I'm just like. I don't want to be that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. want to down my own community. The thing is, too, what really sucks is a lot of the bullshit you see on Twitter. A lot of it comes from, like, specifically because as of late, I know you already know, trans folks and lesbians been going at it. Yeah. And I mean, by trans folks, I mean, like, um, not even not even trans lesbians. I don't think I follow a lot of trans lesbians, so I don't want to speak for them. But, like, trans men specifically and trans masculine folks and non-binary folks um, and lesbians have just been going at it. And yeah. I think it's valid because, but here's the thing. What sucks is because lesbian, it's like lesbian Twitter, right? We all know mm-hmm. lesbian Twitter, right? It's like lesbian Twitter, of course, no one all acts the same. But it's the certain people that no one's really heard of in lesbian Twitter that we've we've only been seeing them because they've been super transphobic and dickheads. Like we've yeah. been seeing that. And more. I think somewhere in that, a lot of it, yeah, these may be real feelings, but they also know that it'll make them relevant. And right, I think that that's not moment. right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm hating too, because like even I've talked about before. Um, and I'll be the first one to admit, uh, I'm not always comfortable around, like, cis lesbians. I'm not. Okay. Um, just because I've been in interactions. I've been, not even just on Twitter. I've been in personal interactions with cis lesbians where um, they think that, um, you know, essentially that they have it hard already. And then I'm a trans man, so now everyone thinks that they're a trans man. And it's a lot of projection mm-hmm. onto me. But still, it sucks because I'm in this space with you. Or I'm, you know, I'm in this area, and you're projecting that onto me, and you don't like me, and then you're, they are transphobic. Being, they're being transphobic. They don't see me as a man. This, that, and the third. And I've been in places with that, so I do have a little apprehension around like groups of cis lesbians because I'm always like, oh, who is getting cussed <laughs> out today, right? But um, like on Twitter, it's like we've been seeing the same folks or different folks, and they all, like you said, can get that attention for that minute. Right. And it's just like, who are you? Who like where did you come from? But <laughs> and then what sucks is now it's now it's a spiral effect because now other people in lesbian Twitter are gonna get offended because of trans men or trans masculine folks saying that like, oh, like the most transphobia they've experienced came from cis lesbians. Which might be very valid because I can't invalidate your experiences. I did not live your life. Right? right. So now people are trying to and here's the thing too. People try to defend themselves, right? So now it's like, oh, now cis lesbians are defending themselves. And now they're saying all this. And then now we're going back and forth. And where do we go? As E says a lot too, What? where do we go from here? What are right. our next steps? Right. Because we can keep arguing and fighting. And then usually, especially on Twitter, there's no resolution. There's never a resolution. No one comes to any type of mutual anything. It's just always like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, blocked. Which is valid, too, because sometimes <laughs> you just got to block somebody, right? Sometimes you just got to block somebody. But these conversations are on such a bigger scale, and they keep popping up. So it's like, where do we go from here? Right. There needs to be a talk. But how do you have a big, big talk on Twitter without it getting out of hand? That's the people dilemma. People just read words. They don't read tones, and you Especially, don't know anybody's intentions. And you can have an entire thread. Right. But I feel, unless you sit in their face in a video, and Twitter fucks up everybody's videos, so no one's doing that. But... If you sit there and you're just typing even in threads, people going to read a certain part of a thread. Yeah. One part gets retweeted. Somebody comments on it. What the fuck? Yeah, and then it's just yeah, like, yeah, right. And that's the thing about Twitter. That's why I've been, I stepped back a lot. I had to do um, one thing I learned from Devin and Eli um, and even some people back home in Ohio. I learned that sometimes you have to step back and actually engage with your community. Right. And that's the big thing, too, is like you can engage with your community on Twitter, of course. But you can't forget about the folks that are actually out here face-to-face on a day-to-day, right? Right. And you have to have the conversations with them, too, because Twitter 
is great, but it only goes so far. If you're not having these conversations with your people or people around you, what are you really doing? You know what I mean? So sometimes I just step off of Twitter and I'll take something from Twitter and be like, yo, I need, let's talk about this because I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know what to think. And I have these conversations and sometimes I'll come back to Twitter with what we've talked about. Sometimes I don't. But it made me realize that Twitter, I don't know why people get into this thing, but Twitter ends up being like the end all be all for some people. And there's so much more outside of it. So much more it's conversation. It's just fun for me. <laughs> I just fun. Twitter, I go on Twitter to post pictures, look at people looking all great and stuff, and, you know, laugh. Looking like yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't go on there for all the drama and the messiness and the shit. Even if I end up in the middle of some shit I didn't know I was going to be in. But right. I go on there for the fun and to get out of the world sometimes. Like, you Facts. know what I mean? And it's just like, damn. Sometimes they suck the fun out of it. Yeah. Now um, I just got to take a nap. <laughs> Naps are always the answer. Right. Uh, but uh, I think this 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 talk has been amazing. Uh, Word. It's been important. How do you feel about it? I feel I feel good. I'd love to come back too, and you know, yeah, you talk should. About more you should. Stuff you should come back and make sure that Eli clears his schedule so yes. he can come with you. We should definitely have like a nice and then I'll like bring the cards and bring cards. Yeah, 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 I'll bring the card, the free ones from home. All right, bet we. Should like, do that. Yeah, do I think that. I think we should set that up. We yeah. get some liquor, and we do what they do. I can't drink. Oh, you can't drink. Sober. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, nah, y'all can drink. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here with some ginger ale. Give me no, some no, ale. no. I wouldn't do that because <laughs> uh, I fast during Ramadan and I don't like when my friends oh, really? eat in front of me. So got you. Okay. Yeah, no, so we won't drink at okay. all. Yeah, all right. no. We get some apple juice though because we really we yeah. fuck with some apple juice. I though. like apple juice. We'll the sparkling one. I can do that. I can do that too. I can do that. So, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? All right. So, people, y'all can find me Kai Diablo on Twitter, K A I D I A B L O. Uh, Instagram, it's Diablo Cubano, D I A B L O C U B A N O. So that's what's up. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I appreciate you coming. Of course, uh, y'all know what it me. is, no doubt. Y'all know what it is, man. It's me, it's Lee, good looking Lee, and I'm signing out.